0: God bless and welcome to this week's episode of Family Discussion. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Family Discussion is a podcast of Reform Margins, a site dedicated to providing a platform for people of color to engage the larger Reformed and Evangelical conversations. Jesus teaches us in the Gospel of John that the world will know that we are his followers by the way that we love one another. And yet it seems like the love of Jesus is less and less evident in the way that we speak to and about one another, especially when we disagree. So, in the hopes of recapturing the brother-sister love that Jesus has won for us, we are calling a family meeting. For the next half hour, let's cut through the noise and look at the issues without slander and malice. It's time for a family discussion. We are back for family discussion. Lisa, it's the new year, and the new year for me. I don't know if it means this for you. For me, it means movie-watching season because all the award shows are right around the corner. Are you a big movie buff?
1: You know, I used to be. uh, Now, it's like, you know, just given my schedule and, you know, just balancing the things that I'm balancing, it's got to really grab me, Um. You know, to say, hey, yeah, I really want to watch this. Um, you know, so as I hear about things, uh, you know, yeah, I'll check it out. Whatever. I, I'm, not <laughs> as, <laughs> I'm not as enthusiastic as I used to be.
0: So I, I uh, like the Oscars for me are number two to the Super Bowl. So I'll pregame the Super Bowl snacks, all that kind of thing. I'll do the same thing for the Oscars. Um, but I have a conflict this year. Because um, my wife, she's going to Israel in March, which I'm super excited about. And uh, so I'm hanging out here at home with the kids. She's doing Israel. It's going to be a wonderful trip for her. She gets back on the 12th. And my wife, while she is fine with my love for movies, is probably not going to want to, on her first night back from Israel on that long trip, sit through a (laughs) four-hour award show. So I may have to be watching this. Down the road, time, man. That's what we're talking about a little bit today. We're talking about time. We're talking about taking time. How we use our time wisely, and um, we're doing that specifically around reading scripture and the importance of um, spending time in the Word. And Lisa, you you brought this up and said, "Hey, let's talk about this. Let's mm-hmm. give an episode." Um, particularly because lots of people are talking about Bible reading plans at the beginning of the year. Yes. Um so so what was it about the kind of turn-of-the-year conversation—it happens every year—about um, Bible planning and, and reading through the Bible in a year and all that? What was it that made you kind of perk up your ears and say, hey, we need to talk about this?
1: Yeah, it's—I mean, like you said, this kind of goes on every year. It starts— uh you know towards the end of uh, end of december so the last week of december you start hearing like a lot of buzz about bible reading plans and why you should follow a plan and this plan or that plan and then you know people chime in on you know social media and post about i'm doing this plan i'm doing that plan and listen i don't i'm not opposed to bible reading plans although i (laughs) Tell you, I pretty much suck at them. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah, I'm First, with you on I, that. Full I am not Here, I full disclosure. I just, kinda, I've never made it. I'm I've ne- never made it. I've never. I'm. I'm trying this year, but I've never, I never. I've never made it, and um, you know, to me, I think that there's there's some caution. And again, I'm not opposed to them, but I think we can get so hung up in the activity of the Bible reading plan, the activity of reading the Bible cover to cover in 365 days that we can, I'm not saying this necessarily happens, but we can miss the point of why we read scripture, right? We're not looking Hmm. to check a box. And I think that the Bible read, the way that the Bible reading plans are promoted, the way we sort of, you know, grab hold of them at the beginning of the year to say, okay, it's January 1st. It's time to, you know, really get serious about the word. And uh, I'm going to, you know, read the whole Bible in a year. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, my thing is, okay, well, what's more important here? What's more important is that we understand the word and that the word reads us, Right. Uh, We don't want to be, you know, like James says, when you're, you know, looking to um, the person who is faith without works. It's like, you know, the person who who looks into scripture forgets what manner of person he is. Right. We want to absorb Mm -hmm. scripture Um, that may not, you know, reading the Bible cover to cover is a fantastic goal Um, that may not be accomplished in a year. So right. however long it takes, it takes actually, my husband is doing the, the two year plan this year. Yeah. He, yeah. I've heard about follows, that. And he's my, my, listen, you know, there's something about marriage. Like when you're, when your spouse is strong in an area that you just really aren't. You're just really dusty at, you know, my husband yeah, is very yeah. disciplined. And so he has no issues getting up at five o'clock in the morning and reading how, you know, following his plan. I'm just, you know, I turn over. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll get. <laughs> so you just say he
0: gets up at three o'clock in the morning.
1: No, he usually gets oh. up about five. five I 15. thought you said three
0: and I, no, I about five, fell out of my chair. Even,
1: even five is like. Well, he's in the military yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. too so that that's fair that's gets a that different... kind
1: of structure but um i'm just like look i'll get up, I get
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> well i've i've had to i mean i've had to adjust that because my daughter started going to school mm-hmm. uh she got into middle school and middle school starts just after seven o'clock um in the morning Ooh. which means if she's gonna and i'm dropping her off at school Ooh. um which means i'm up as well and and it's it's been a change in discipline. It really is discipline, I think is the right word and and that's where I, I kind of I agree with the sentiment. bible reading shouldn't be a box that we check. i I agree with that. but if I can just advocate on behalf of box checking for half a second because I think there's I think there's a correlation between like, daily bible re- reading and maybe even checking that box and going to the gym, right?
1: Mm.
0: If you have a workout plan, ordinarily in a workout plan there's certain boxes you check, you do this, then you do this, then you do this. And if you do those things re- in a in a repetitious way, there are gains. You actually you you grow stronger, your heart grows stronger, all those things are good, right? Um I think that the apostle Paul's regular um, kind of leaning on athletic metaphor mm-hmm. and on the need to train and, be, and to discipline our souls just like we would discipline our bodies. Is is there is there a positive sense? I mean, maybe there's not. Maybe it's just because we tend to turn things into just like to-dos, but is there a positive sense in which we can check the box and say, I did the thing that I did my, my scripture workout today?
1: Sure. Uh, you know, I think that's valid. I think that's valid but again i think the caution is let's make sure that we don't turn it into just that that we don't turn it okay. into an exercise that it's you mm. know i i want to read the word i want to get this word in me as a daily i, I think that's a great passage to point to right um when you know when paul uses that that metaphor to say like this is daily training i i think you mm-hmm. know and and, mm-hmm. and more importantly it's me knowing the lord better yeah you know let yeah. that let that be the motivation
0: well and and you know, if, if that's the motivation, then what that allows for is a lot of grace. Cause like you said, for a lot of folks, they're going to, they're going to start off really strong. You know, it's what and the second week of January, right? And I hit Leviticus and be like, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, and they fall. And then, and then by February they're done. Right. And, <laughs> and there can be this mentality of, Oh, I messed up. Um, so I'm going to start again next year. It's like, hold on. There's like nine more months. You don't have to start again next year. Right. Yeah. Um, I think if if the if the goal is like finishing, I think you're right. I think that there's a challenge. There's a, there's a potential problem there. If the goal is to to deepen your affections for Christ, uh, deepen in holiness, deepen in your understanding of the Bible, just knowing the Bible better, um, I think that allows you to show yourself more grace to say, all right, I missed a few days. I'm going to jump right back in. And I'm going to keep going, and I'm not going to worry about trying to catch up to anything. I'm going to use this as a plan, and I'm going to I'm going to finish it when I finish it. Um, I think we have to show ourselves a lot of grace in this, and I can imagine it can almost become a legalistic stricture if we're not really careful.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, are you? Do you follow reading plans?
0: Mm, I haven't for the last couple of years. This is the first year I'm doing it again, and I'll explain that in a second. So, what I did a couple of years ago. Was instead of like trying to read really um, broadly through the scriptures, and and that's really if you're reading the whole Bible in a year, um, you can do that, but you're you're most likely going to be going at a somewhat surface level pace. You're not going to be really diving deep, and that's okay. That's fine. Um, I chose the other extreme, and I just went. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend an entire year reading Second Timothy. And I just read Second Timothy over and over and over and over again. Um, I read it 52 times, read it once a week, just made sure that was my, my daily, my regular diet. Um, yeah, it's a letter, it's a short letter, it's only four chapters. Um, and, and what that allowed me to do is really just sink deep in one section of scripture. Um, it was actually a, a book that was recommended to me by my senior pastor. He said, "You know, you should spend some time here in Second Timothy. I think it's gonna be good for you. I think it's be." This was in twenty twenty, or no, sorry, in twenty twenty one. So we'd just come out of twenty twenty, and it was a really painful year for a lot of us. And. Um, so he's like, I think this is going to be good for your soul. It really was um, turned into a uh, a daily devotional that I do for our uh, for our church. Um, I do an audio devotional. It's like a ten minute um, little podcast devotional for people as they go to work or hanging around the house. And I just went through Second Timothy really slowly all through twenty twenty two. It was wonderful, mm-hmm. but I was able to do that because in twenty twenty one, that's all I did was read Second Timothy. Um, and I read other things as well, but like my plan was live in second Timothy last year frankly I, I didn't have much of a plan um, and I found I found not having a plan at all detrimental um I, I found it unhelpful for me and others might be able to say hey I'm going to read this today and and it was fine it just didn't do what I had hoped I would I missed more days in scripture uh, not having a plan, not knowing, okay, here's what I need to do. And so I, I think having a plan for me is helpful. I'm doing machine this year. Um, and, and the reason I'm doing the machine, I think it's how you say it, machine, um, reading plan is it's part of a book that I, I got around Christmas time called Be Thou My Vision. Mm. It's um, put together by Jonathan Gibson at Westminster Theological Seminary. I think he's the old, one of the Old Testament professors there. Um, it's a uh, liturgy for personal worship. And so it takes, it, it takes a little time. Um, but as a pastor, I, I have that time to devote to my own soul so that I'm healthy, so that I'm able to lead others well. Um, so it takes me about 45 minutes to an hour. To go through this personal liturgy, it includes prayers from uh, the Puritans, from the ancient church, from the Reformation period. It includes, uh, you you also go through two catechisms, Heidelberg and Westminster Shorter, um, kind of back to back. And uh, it lines up neatly, which I hadn't realized. If you read Heidelberg, one question a day, Westminster Shorter, one question a day, and then Heidelberg a second time, one question a day, that's exactly 365 days. um so that takes you through i didn't know that until gibson put it together it's a beautiful it's absolutely beautiful book beautiful liturgy uh it includes in your um in that personal worship time it includes a machine reading plan and and i enjoy it um you know i mean i'm what 10 days into this now right so you know i'm i'm still i'm still on track praise god for that um I've, I've enjoyed it. It's interesting. You know, right now we're reading Genesis, Ezra, Matthew, and Acts all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of the overlap, thematic overlap is remarkable. Um, I remember when we did Ezra 4, Genesis 4, Matthew 4, Acts 4, you have Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. So right? Persecution, right? You have um, Peter and John being hauled before the authorities, persecution. You have Ezra's people being mocked and being told you can't do these things that you say you can do and really going at persecution. And then Genesis 4 is uh, Cain yeah. killing Abel and persecution and and the work of Satan, right? So some of those thematic overlaps are really cool to see, and that launches you into some pretty sweet time of prayer. Um, so that's the plan that I'm using. Are you using one this year?
1: You know, I am actually tried machine last year. and fell on my face in just a few weeks. <laughs> so all right. I just okay. did the okay. We're just going to read the books at random uh, method, mm-hmm. um, which, like you said, there there is a downside um, to that. And so in that, so last month I decided I was like, you know what, I I really need to just instead of doing all this hopping around, I just need to not necessarily follow plan i just my intention was to go through genesis to revelation however long that takes and then i got wind of the chronological um plan Um, and i thought you know i think that that sounds pretty cool and i already had a head start because i had already um, I was well into Genesis, so I was able to like, you know, ch- I was able to do what I'm saying not to do. I was able to check the boxes like, hey,
0: got <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm yeah, still right. I'm
1: still nine days ahead. I don't, I don't say that to, hey. to brag or anything, but I know that that just given my schedule, um, you know, given some things coming up um, in the year, you know, that. Head time is going to, you know, is going to start diminishing to the point, well, I'll probably fall behind, but again, my goal is not to finish in a year. My goal is to yeah. go through, go through the whole thing, um, and you know, and and, and absorb. And and yeah. and I say, you know, the most important thing about scripture, it's really anchoring whatever you're reading to the whole narrative. You know, to the whole mm-hmm. redemptive historical right. narrative. Now, if you need to, and I would say this to, you know, a, a, a new believer, younger believer that's, you know, not familiar with the Bible. Yeah. Read, you know, read it through a year, you know, do that for two or three years in a row so that you get in and, and, and knowing that you're not going to understand everything. Right. It, but it, what it does, it gives you a framework for that big picture, where you can then right. start going in and doing the deeper dive and and making the connections and filling in the holes and things that you don't quite understand. Because let's face it, there are, there are some books that are just hard to get through. And, no question. And that's fine. You know, just just go through it so you have the big picture. I mean, I I believe I've been reading my Bible long enough, you know, it's a, been a Christian for over 20 years that I do have that big picture in mind so that whatever book that I'm reading, I can then, you know, ask the questions of it. You know, one of yeah. the, one of the things that's, that was really prominent for me in reading Genesis this time is I was very mindful of the fact that, you know, Moses was writing the Pentateuch to, the children of Israel while they were wandering in the desert. Right. And I was just that it was very and, and, in a way that hadn't been on my mind before. I mean, I, I, you know, it's something that, you know, like, yeah, Moses read it. But I was very mindful of that as I've been going through. Gen- I'm actually almost done mm. with Genesis. And I was very mindful, okay. like, what is he telling them about the God that they serve, about who they are? about what God's plans and purposes are about his character. I think in a way, there's many times as I've read Genesis, I, 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 am asking this question in a way I don't think I've, I, I've asked before. And so it's really what that's allowed me to do is kind of jump ahead and think it, it provokes me to think about the whole picture.
0: Yeah. I, well, so let me ask about your chronological plan, because I love the chronological plan. I've tried it. I failed at it, but I really enjoyed it while I was doing it. Um, where did they put Job?
1: Right after Genesis.
0: Okay, right after Genesis. Yeah. So the one that I did it was chronological. They put Job in between um, Genesis 11 and Genesis 12, oh. um, which I, because we, we do believe that Job is the oldest piece of uh, biblical writing. But, of course, chronologically in the story of the Bible, uh, Job wasn't living before the creation of the earth. So, you know, you, you put it, you know, so they did it there, which was cool. Here's what's awesome about chronological reading plans that I, where I would encourage folks, especially new believers. Um, it helps you with some of the context of the Psalms, and it helps you especially with the context of the prophets, The prophets, if you just kind of read through and you don't know the, you know, you don't remember which king was when, it can get really confusing as to what the prophets are talking about, why they speak the way that they do, Um, you know, it's... To know, okay, here's what's happening, and that's why Zechariah says what he says. Or this is after the exile, they returned home, but they're starting to get messy again, so that's what Malachi's about. Or, you know, Jeremiah's writing in exile, and, and I, I know where that fits now. I know that that kind of narrative is super helpful in the Old Testament. So the chronological plan, if you're a new believer, I would highly recommend you... you uh, read through that and there's there's different places to find it i mean I, the when i did it i did it through the U version app That's
1: what um, I'm
0: using. okay yeah i didn't read it on my phone i used oh. i i read it in my in the bible with the phone as kind of my check off um but the, you know if if you're especially if you're younger you're used to reading a lot on your phone it's right there on your phone in an app um and then you know for those of us who are still big fans of paper um You know, you can use it as a checklist, which is kind of cool. So I use it on version, But there's other places that are offering them. Tim Challies has a Bible reading plan. He's doing – Ligonier offers some. Like, they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. I really do like the chronological one. That's cool. And I would
1: would say even for us, you know, if you've been in the Word a while, I would say even then read the prophets in chronological order. Um, I I just think that's the way to read them.
0: Well – I, I agree with you. I, here's the but that that brings up this point and, and one of my things that i'm I'm running into already, day ten of my uh, my read through McShane. You read one chapter at a time um, in these different books. And Bible books aren't meant to be read that way. When I read fiction, the way I, I tend to get through a book of fiction is I read a chapter at a time, unless it's one of those kind of newer novels where a chapter is like a page and a half, you know, if, if it's, then I then I have to figure out how many chapters at a time I'm going to read to get through the book, but I normally read a chapter at a time. Um, the Bible's not designed that way. A lot of these books are letters Um, Most of them are letters, frankly, even, even like Luke's gospel and acts are effectively letters to Theophilus. Um, You know, those are long books, but they're meant to be read in one sitting. Um, And I understand maybe people don't have the time to sit there and read 24 chapters of Luke in one go. Right. But it wasn't designed to be read one chapter at a time. It was designed to be read with a with a narrative, with a story and particularly as you're going through the bible i had this already happen i think it was in acts um you know the the people who put the chapters in sometimes just missed they just missed like there's a clear end point to a story it's in like verse 3 of the next chapter um so what I would recommend to people is, if you're doing a plan like like I'm doing, where you're reading kind of a chapter at a time, um, or a chapter in various places of the Bible at a time, every once in a while, sit down and read one of the shorter books of the scriptures in one fell swoop, particularly the letters in the New Testament, particularly the prophets, the minor prophets that are a little shorter, just sit down and read the whole thing. Because you can lose some of the momentum and some of the logical um, coherence to something when you're only reading a chapter at a time. I don't know if you've run into that issue in your reading plan think, or not. You know
1: but. what? I think that's why I flopped out at the McShane plan last year, because you are you're in you're in four different places in the Bible at one time, and you're reading one chapter. And look, I have kind of a little you know crazy scatterbrain that tends to be splattered all over the place but it was it got to be a little too too much for me you know um to the point where i tried to scale it back okay let me do one old and one new testament if it takes me longer that's fine but then like i said I, i've i flopped out so <laughs> yeah so, but i'm i'm you know I'm, I'm trying to to do this this plan this year and you know let's see how it we'll see how it goes. Because again, my plan, my, my goal is not to finish in a year. My goal is to finish.
0: Yeah. And, and I wonder if you can speak to that for a second. So the goal is to finish. The goal is to be in the word. And, and particularly, I think daily, again, going back to that workout metaphor, it's important to be in the word um, as regularly as you can. I wonder if you can talk for a minute. There may be people who are listening who are like, yeah, I get reading the Bible is important, but I've never been able to do it. I always struggle. Why should I keep pressing on? I wonder if you can speak to that for a second, because there might be some folks who are just like, you know what? I get enough Bible on Sunday. I go to church regularly. I get my Bible there. Why do I need to be in the word myself? I think a lot of Christians are in that space, frankly.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and listen, even for veterans, you know, like us, we've been reading the Bible for a long time. Um, even there, we can have those, you know, days of distractions and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just having trouble focusing. Um, you know, that happens. Um, there's a saying that I've heard for many years that floats around in Christian circles, which I, 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 few, some years back I started pushing against. So the Bible is not written for us. Was it to us or for us or something like that? It, it's kind of removing like this is God's revelation, but it is God's revelation to us. It, it was written for us. It was written to us. It was written for us. It is so that we can have an understanding of who, who this God is, right? What has he done through his son? And this is why I'm such an advocate for the whole picture, right? I love reading through biblical theologies. I'm reading through a book now. It's a biblical theology that deals with cultural identity. But I love that he's he's going through the whole Bible, right? Another one that I really um, just strongly advocate for is Far as the Curse is Found. Um, Again, it's a biblical theology. It goes through the whole Bible, um, that you know, when we when we once we get past the, you know, oh, this is you know, this is feeling like a task and a focus. It's what do we ultimately want? You know, we want. We're called to worship. We're called to know this God who knows us, right? Who has called us? Who has trans? laden us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Um, and so pushing past that, you know, that distractedness and the, you know, the, the times where you just feel like, man, I can't get into this. What do we ultimately want? We want to know the Lord better.
0: Amen. I think that there's, um, there's something spiritual that happens when we read the scriptures. And I think, I, I think we want to just identify, there's a reason why you don't want to read your Bible. And that is because there is one who does not want you to read your Bible. Yeah. Um, when you're in the scriptures, you are effectively engaged in spiritual warfare um, because you are exposing yourself to the glories of Christ and the enemy doesn't want you exposed to that. Um, and it doesn't feel like that in the moment. It feels like, oh, I've just read another chapter. What do you mean I'm being exposed to the glories of Christ? That feels way too majestic for something as simple as reading a chapter of, of the Bible. But Carl Truman was one of my history professors. And he said, you know, because so he he's training pastors, he said, I remember maybe on one hand uh, sermons, four or five, maybe in my whole life. That's not what transforms What transforms is sitting under the regular preaching of the word every week, and it's this kind of slow drip of water that transforms a stone, right? I think the reading of scripture is very similar. Um, The enemy can see the way we're being transformed by the word. We can't. Sometimes we can't discern it. It feels like drip, 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 but it is transforming us, and the enemy doesn't want us to be transformed, and so... Um, there's a reason why you have no problem picking up a newspaper or going to your Twitter feed and reading all of that for an hour, reading articles online, or reading a book for pleasure. You have no issue with that, but suddenly when it comes to the Bible, you're like, I don't know if I want to read. That's because it's spiritual warfare happening. Press through that. Pray through that. Pray yourself through that. Get into the Word, because I do think that there is something spiritual that's going on there. And, and the Scriptures transform us. They do. Over time, regular exposure to the things of Christ ought to transform our souls. And it's going to be, to us, maybe imperceptible. But it's still happening, because the Holy Spirit's at work, and He uses His Word to do that. Um, now, Lisa, maybe as, a, as some last thoughts... Um, you're going to be reading through scripture on a, on a daily basis. You're using your chronological plan. Maybe there are people who are like, you know what, that that sounds cool, but I really want to, I want to pick a few books and just work myself through those handful of books in the Bible. Um, if there were a couple, you're like, Hey, read these few books this year. What are the ones that come to mind?
1: I would say Genesis. Um, definitely. Um, the gospels so so you know one of the things i like about the machine plan is that he kind of takes you're reading you know different sections of scripture um so so take a book from each of those sections so take something from okay. the old testament narrative of course Gen- to me jenna because genesis is just so foundational I mean, as many times Mm -hmm. as I'm reading Genesis, and I mean, this is like, you know, all the scripture reading this, I don't care how many times you read it, that you gain insight into something else like, oh, that's, you know, okay, I see that now. Um, And I would say, um, definitely the Psalms, and at least one of the Gospels. Um, and then a, one of the letters like either Romans or Galatians or Hebrews.
0: Okay. So those are,
1: you know, Galatians, Rome. Yeah. Let's see. Romans, Galatians, and Hebrews. I think give us such a, not that the other scriptures don't, but, uh, other books don't, but I mean, those just go are, are, are to me, so foundational, Related Mm. to God's redemption through his son.
0: This is a, I I think that's really, I love Hebrews. I'm actually teaching a class on Hebrews in uh, in May. Um, And really, I think that if you want, you're talking biblical theology. If you want a theology of the Old Testament, Hebrews is a theology of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It's basically what the the preacher slash writer has done is he's he's created this story of the Old Testament and how it all points to Christ. So you want some sort of Christocentric view of the Bible? Hebrews is your place to go. So I, I love that. I agree with Genesis. Um, I think Genesis is key. Um, so here's here's what I would do. So this is actually it's a it's a question that regularly gets asked at the floor of my presbytery. Um, is you know we get to like the we have all these categories where we ask incoming candidates or incoming pastors all these questions. But one in the pastoral theology section, we always ask: You have a new believer or someone who's curious about the Bible. What are the five books you would put in? And, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat and do like seven. But um, I agree with you on Genesis. I think it's foundational. I would then say Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. um, because you you need. So I'm I'm approaching this kind of from a history perspective. Personally, that's that's how I would say. Know the story, then know all the things that come into the story, is what I would say. Um, so Genesis, and then Deuteronomy. And then, this is a wild card. I don't know a lot of people who go, oh, go here. Uh, second Chronicles would be next. Whoa. See, I, I
1: would um, yeah. say, I would gravitate towards First and Second Kings, but okay.
0: Yeah. Here's why. So Second Chronicles takes you, you skip David. You end up skipping David. You start in Solomon. In Second Chronicles, you go from the from Solomon, who's the third king in the history of Israel, all the way through the civil war, all the way through exile until the return. Second Chronicles ends with the decree that the people can come back to Israel. So it's a massive chunk of history, um, and again, it's about the story of what God did with His people. So Genesis, then Deuteronomy, then Second Chronicles. Um, here's where I really start cheating. Luke-Acts. Luke-Acts is effectively one book. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have it in our minds as two books because of the order of the Gospels. Um, John's not a synoptic, and so they put it forth. I really wish they'd put John first um, so that Luke and Acts can go together. They're part one and part two. Of Luke's writing, he wrote Acts as well, and um, they're supposed to go together. They're not supposed to be separate. Um, so I would say Luke Acts it gives you the story of all the things that Jesus did from from lead up to birth, through death, resurrection, ascension, and the work of the church, and then another wild card, Revelation. Um,
1: See, I would Revelation. not tell a new believer to read Revelation. Because, listen, and I guess maybe because, you know, a couple episodes ago, we did uh, the whole dispensational yeah. thing and how much that has shaped how we look yeah. at that book. And I'm just like, man, that's, it's crazy. I, You, you know, you have, you have <laughs> to, listen, you have to walk a, a new believer through that, you know.
0: So here's, here's the thing, though. Like, I... So Vern Poitras uh, was one of my former professors at Westminster. He, he taught the class on Revelation. He wrote a little book called The Returning King. Um, and in his introduction, he talks about uh, having kids coming up to him and telling him that Revelation is their favorite book. They love the book of Revelation. Kids are all about it and that they got it, that they understood. There's this massive uh, battle between good and evil and Christ wins. And then his victory is what lasts forever. Right. That's the story of Revelation. Hmm. Um, And he said they're the same kids would come to me decades later and they would understand the book a lot less than they did when they were kids. Um, I think it's actually a perfect book for um, young believers. Uh, He actually Poitras calls it um, the comic book of the New Testament because it's so graphic and, and there's so much imagery. It's a bunch of pictures, basically, that display um, the story of God and his people and the spiritual warfare that we encounter and the endurance of the saints and, and the way that God responds to evil and the mercy that he shows his people. It's, it's a beautiful gospel-filled book that ends with um, the two greatest chapters in the Bible, you know the this this glimpse this heavenly glimpse of where we're all going. So, I just think if you're starting out, um, get the story of the Bible down: Genesis, Deuteronomy, Second Chronicles, Luke Acts, and Revelation. Or Get a picture of all the different genres of the Scripture, the different sections of the Bible, like Lisa was saying, and you know, dip in. Psalms is beautiful; you can read a Psalm a day and really be blessed by by the way the Psalms. Hebrews is super helpful, difficult, but really, really good. Um, and yeah, Paul is someone that's like I recognize in my list. I'm completely skipping Paul, who wrote like a third of the New Testament, but yeah, so are, did Luke.
1: But we're not, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going
0: to go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. No, Romans. I'm surprised Galatians. Normally people say Romans or Philippians. You say Galatians. Man, Galatians is Paul yelling at people for six chapters.
1: And for good reason. Because they were gravitating <laughs> towards another gospel. <laughs> Listen, I think, And here's why I think Galatians is so important. I actually wrote on my blog about this recently. They, we, we are so hard. I think we are hardwired towards those extra requirements right the the idea that we are saved by grace through faith because of the sufficient atoning work of christ like that there's something in us that in our in Mm. our flesh in our endemic nature that feels like we need to earn something um and so galatians just really it pushes back on all of that and and here's the, the thing about galatians is that you know we look at circumcision like man eh, you know like who's arguing over circumcision as an extra requirement <laughs> now nobody but when you start looking at okay so but what are our contemporary concerns right it mm-hmm. says you're not really Christian unless you're doing X Y and Z
0: that's right um, and Amen. we need to
1: be and we need to be mindful of that.
0: Lisa, you're in the PCA. You need to back up a little bit because you came really close to preaching. And that can can cause some problems. That was a a a sermon that you started to to give there. And and and
1: there's a man in the audience. Oh, my gosh. There is. There (laughs)
0: is. Oh, that'll preach. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for bringing this topic to the table. I really enjoyed having this conversation, and I hope people enjoyed listening in. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at Family Discussion or uh, Lisa or I, and and tell us what Bible plan you're going to go through if you're going through one. But tell us what you're reading in the Scriptures. If you're not using a plan, how are you making sure that you are disciplined and in the word on a regular basis that you might grow in your love for Christ? We're not earning anything. That's what Galatians is about. Like Lisa just said, we're not earning righteousness by reading the scriptures. We're deepening our love for Christ by regularly allowing the scriptures to shape and transform us. So Lisa, thank you for today. All of you, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week right back here at Family Discussion. Well, thank you again for joining us for this week's family discussion. If you'd like to learn more or catch up on episodes you missed, head on over to our home at reformedmargins.com. There you'll find great content about a whole host of issues that we pray will bless your relationship with Jesus, including articles written by Lisa Spencer and me, Marcos Ortega. Family Discussion is a podcast of Reformed Margins, a site dedicated to providing a platform for people of color to engage the larger Reformed and Evangelical conversations. Your hosts are Marcos Ortega and Lisa Spencer. Our producer is Larry Lynn. Family Discussion is hosted by Podbean and recorded with Audacity. If you like what you heard today, it would be a great help to us if you gave a quick review and rating on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite content so that you don't miss our next Family Discussion.